situation. Take your Bibles, please. We're going to start here at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I don't mean to scare you, but I originally had about 16, 17 pages of notes. I brought it down to 12. I'm just kidding. But you know, it's just, it's kind of fascinating just being in this situation and seeing the world as it is, and yet getting into the Word of God and realizing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Can somebody say amen? amen. That's where we are, folks. So it's, it's a good thing to do. We are in 2024. Are you listening? It's a good time to assess where is your faith. Um, Again, I've mentioned this, our kids, for my birthday, and we wound up not getting it until Christmas, but our, our kids took video and had it digitized and gave it to us, and we got to, we got to watch in these videos from way back when, before we got here and then when we first got here. And I'm telling you, it's a crack up to see some of the young people that grew up here when they were still growing up and to see how, you know, this auditorium was, and we were living in the parsonage over there, and it just, it, it, you know, it was, is neat. It, it's just really good. But then you wind up seeing video in some times where things were going a little bit tough. On, on, my, on, on my iPad, every once in a while, some, you know, pictures pop up, you know, from time past and such, and... Um, Boy, it kind of breaks your heart. Lisa, Tim Schmidt gave me a video of you and Bernie and, um, oh, let's see, Megan was playing the piano uh, and my mom singing over here. And it was the last time, it was the, it was the, uh, the last time that my mom was videotaped uh, singing here before she went to be with, uh, with the Lord. I thought, man, that is just, you know, that is, that is really, you know, it's really something to see. I look at 2017. That was not an easy year. My mom died. My wife almost died. I had a thing called fourth nerve palsy where if I looked down, my eyes went like this. I've had that happen twice. Uh, I had, we, we had, our daughter Julie was in a difficult situation. She had, was having her appendix out. I said, no, no, her gallbladder out. And I said, no, no problem. It's a piece of cake. They did something wrong. They had to run her down in an, in an ambulance to San Francisco. It's like, oh man, there was a lot of stuff that went on. But you know what? God is good. God is good. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at verse 13, if you would, please. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, 
ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Our theme this year is this book. In every facet, I have on the bulletin, and by the way, forgive me, I'm not completely done with it. As I wrote inside the bulletin, it's a work in progress. I'm not completely done with it. But I've got pictures that we're going to be rotating through every month just reminding us, study. Study. This is sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the sword of the Spirit. We need to remember that. Paul is telling the people at Thessalonica, you received what we said. Listen, God is working in us. You received it. And I wrote this down. You know what will make the difference with all who hear this, this message? All. Now or later on, you know, online. Those that listen to it somewhat, and really what they're doing is they're listening to the preacher, and they take the message as the word of man. But then there are those who will listen to the scripture in it and embrace it as the word of the God of heaven, just like 1 Thessalonians 2.13. We don't have to stumble in this life. We have the word, and the words of God. Boy, there's things I wish I knew. Everything that you need to know in this life right now is found in this book, period. There it is. There are so many passages that we could start with when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to just getting into a new year. In a moment, I'll tell you where to turn but I have a little bit of something that I want, to pre- I want to tell the preacher and do it in your hearing because it's important. This time when we gather, when we hear the word of God, this is not a throwaway time. And it's not a time to bring sin into the auditorium and resist what the word of God is saying. 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul told that young preacher this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, I I take it as a privilege, a God-given privilege to get in this place. It is no place to be a showcase for the person. The person is a tool For the God of heaven, I will stand accountable for what I do right here, right now. We will all be held accountable for what we did with this. But when it comes to the last phrase, rightly dividing the word of truth, I read a couple of guys, I'd like to quote them for you. I just, it was fascinating, the insight that they gave. There is one Greek scholar with the last name of Vincent. He said, when we talk about rightly dividing, it's to hold a straight course, to make straight, to handle rightly, not only for the preacher, 
but the hearer. And he said this, the thought is that the minister of the gospel is to present the truth rightly, not abridging it, not handling it as a charlatan, not making it a matter of wordy strife, but treating it honestly and fully in a straightforward manner. Folks, no matter who the preacher is in here, you need to demand that of the preacher, including this one. You don't need my opinion. You need God's word. Amen? But then Adam Clark, interesting guy I go to at times. I really like Barnes. But Adam Clark, he said this about that phrase, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said, therefore, by rightly dividing the word of truth, we are to understand his continuing in the true doctrine and teaching that to every person, according to our Lord's simile, giving each his portion of meat in due season, milk to babes, strong meat to the full-grown, comfort to the disconsolate, reproof to the irregular and careless, in a word, finding out the necessities of his hearers and preaching so as to meet those necessities. I will be truthful with you. There have been times I am studying and the Lord has given me a passage to preach and there are certain people I hope will be here to hear it and then they're not here to hear it. That's their responsibility. But I do it not as to be able to hammer somebody but we need to be encouraged to be obedient. Am I right? To grow. There are some people that need encouragement, and I love giving the encouragement. The gospel, same thing. All in all, every time the word of God is open, it will become, when needed by the Holy Spirit, it will become, there will be portions that will become strong meat. To the weak, it'll be as milk to the babes. They'll get something. The Holy Spirit has much to do when it comes with what we are, when we're handling the word of God. But we need to recognize the importance of it. The Holy Spirit is here doing his work. We are confronted in scripture with the need for walking by faith. And that's a good portion about what we're going to be hearing this morning. Just two examples. Where is your faith when you hear this simple statement by Christ in Matthew 6.33? But seek ye first, foremost, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Or Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe, number one, that he is. And then number two, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. People love it when they get a raise or a bonus at work. It comes natural in the flesh. But what about if we're promised something by the God of heaven? And he says, I will reward you. 
that is something to consider. So, you know, again, where's your faith? When 2024, to some people, looks so ominous. And by the way, I really believe that in some aspects, by the end of this year, if the Lord tarries, by the end of this year, there are going to be some things in the world we're not going to recognize. Because I think those that are seeking to be an impact for the wicked one are going to not hold back. That's where we need to exercise that which we have and they don't. And that's a trust in the God of heaven. Years ago, and I've used this illustration before, years ago in the late 90s, I remember my wife and I heard a story that was fascinating, especially because uh, I had been in the Air Force and I was familiar with some of this stuff. Uh, and it was just like, wow, it's, it's, it's incredible what happened here. In 1996, there was uh, an aircraft. It was a 757 from Aero, Peru. It was taking off, let's see, from Lima, Peru. It was taking off at 1242 in the middle of the night. And it was heading to Santiago, Chile. Middle of the night, 757, a grand total of 70 people on board. When they took off, they went out over the ocean. Five minutes later, things just started going crazy in the cockpit. Here was a situation. During the climb, the airspeed and altitude indicators were too low during the climb. It was calm winds as they were climbing, but the wind shear warning suddenly sounded. The aircraft, according to the black box, got to 13,000 feet, and then they realized, we have got to turn around and go back to Lima. While returning, while turning to come back, again, over the ocean, the captain's airspeed and altitude indications were too high. And so the aircraft gave an overspeed warning. At the same time, the co-pilot's airspeed indicators were too low. And so out started happening what's called a stick shaker, where the stick of the pilot starts shaking, hey, letting you know, we got a problem, you've got to do something. One warning they should have listened to was this one that came out through the computer. The computerized voice that was saying, pull up, pull up, pull up. They never paid attention to it. The aircraft kept descending and suddenly the left wing and the left engine dipped into the water. That caused a panic. They pulled back on the stick And again, according to the black box, pulled up to 300 feet, inverted, and went into the water, and all 70 people died. Here's the aircraft. They can't find it. They're looking for it. Ultimately, what they did is they sent 
for the U.S. Navy. Would you please help us? We need to find this aircraft. The U.S. Navy sent out a ship that had a robotic submarine, sent it down, and they found it. In their searching, they found something that horrified them. When, when I started learning the basics about airplanes and such, I heard about a thing called a P-dot tube. And, you know, the fact that there's air that comes in and, and it helps the airplane know what's going on as far as, say, wind speed, altitude, that kind of thing. I remember when I was at my first base, we would grab onto the uh, P-dot tube and shoot the pilot a thumbs up if he had kicked the heat on. And, uh, you know, it was getting hot so it wouldn't ice up. Then I went to South Carolina and I was on the F-102. You know what I found out? Their P-dot tube heat goes on a lot quicker. So here I walk up, you know, we're getting ready to do a launch. I grab that thing and I could literally hear my, my, my hand sizzling. And I did a dance up and down the ramp, I'm telling you, and the pilot stood up and was like, what in the world is going on? You know, we got the jet engine going already. What are you doing? It really, it really hurt. I learned a lesson. But in that, air goes in, but then air is supposed to come out. And so there are ports below the cockpit that allow the air to escape. That airplane had been cleaned just before it took off. In order to keep polish from getting into the port, they had taken tape, simple eight-inch duct tape, and they duct taped the port on the pilot's side. And when the pilot or the co-pilot went out and with their flashlight did the inspection around, they missed the fact that an eight-inch piece of tape was there. And that little piece of tape made that airplane blind. And that cheap tape cost the lives of 70 people. Listen. God gave us his word so that we didn't have to fly blind. We can understand the entrance of thy word giveth what? Light. It giveth understanding to the simple. There is discernment that is needed in these days because there's a lot of voices out there and they're seeing a lot of crazy things. And people are being talked into stuff. Listen, there's something that we need to catch and we need to catch right now. I got three points. Here's the first one. This book is a living book. There is something that this book has that no book on earth has. And that's this. The author that is on this earth that is ready to speak to you and to me and help us understand. Go to the book of Romans, if you would. Go to the book of Romans, chapter 10. 
If you don't get anything else from this message, you get this. I'm not going to read everything beforehand. I don't like preaching a text without a context. This isn't my main text. We haven't even gotten there yet. Look at verse 17. So then, faith cometh by what? And hearing by the word of God. The idea that Paul was putting out there and that we don't quite get in the English translation is this. Faith is out of the source of that which is heard. It basically says it, but we need to study it out to catch it. Faith is out of the source of that which is heard. We open God's word. The Holy Spirit is there. If we are listening, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. God will take the words that are here, and we will understand what he is telling us, comparing Scripture with Scripture. In all areas of faith, listen, in all areas of faith, the Word of God brings enlightenment. The Holy Spirit takes that and enlivens it. That's why there are times you can read Scripture and it's like it leaps off the page. And we recognize it. That it's not just something that I read. It's something that God just told me. Don't you ever forget it. Don't you ever forget it. The Bible is crucial. It is crucial for eternity. Yes, salvation, etc. But it's crucial for time as well. Before this day is out, while we sit here, it's crucial for us to hear the God of the Word. That's why we have this here. Remember those that Paul talked about in Berea? He said this in Acts 17, 11, These were more noble, speaking of those folks, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. These Jews had a ready heart. They're checking it out. Was Jesus Christ really the Messiah that we were waiting for? Or was he another charlatan? That's what we do. And you know something? The Holy Spirit is ready to take that which he inspired and enliven it in our hearts. So we can say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. That was mentioned by Job. We don't have to have a bad idea about Job. We don't have to feel sorry for him. Look at what Job happened, what happened at the end. Is this life easy? No. There are times there are situations. We've got people that are sitting in this auditorium right now that a year ago had a spouse with them. They don't now. That's hard. That's very, very hard. I praise God 
my wife is still here. I praise God for how the Lord has taken care of her and me and some of you. Good night. We thought this guy was going to be gone during COVID. He's here. Praise God for that. In part because we've got nurses and doctors and so forth that took care of people. Say, well, boy, I've seen, I've heard a lot of things that are going on. Yeah, God knows the end from the beginning. I'm going to trust God. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1. I love 2 Peter 1. I'm telling you, it is absolutely one of my favorite chapters in God's Word. But we're not going to be going to where part of where my favorite part is, but we are going to a vital part. Look at verse 16. Paul says, or excuse me, Peter says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, now get this. Peter's one of my favorites in this respect. His life, I compare to my, you know, open mouth and cert foot, chew thoroughly. You know, there are some things that he was, you know, he, he kind of embarrassed himself. He was verbose, you know, and then, and, and then all of a sudden he blows it or whatever. But when you see Peter, when, when you listen to him here and you recognize, here is a man that has grown and matured to the point that he went through real pain and torture because of the cause of Christ later on, but he took it because he knew who he had believed. When it comes to this, he's, he's telling us, look, you're not following cunningly devised fables. This, this is not like what somebody else has written down and says, well, here's my opinion. No, you can take your Bible to the bank, as it were. There is no other book on this earth like this book. Let's be adamant about that. Let's rejoice in it. And then let's get into it with that attitude. Christ had the power to create the world and save sinners and the power to do many other things in, these, in, in the word and then in the works that he did. Our God sent his son and Peter says, we saw this. We are giving you what you need. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. But you know what you need. Look at verse 17. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, our, our, our response sometimes is this, boy, if I could only see that. Hang on to that thought. You know, Paul said somewhat the same thing in Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Peter says, we saw his majesty. Paul says, we saw his majesty. He saw Christ in heaven. He saw the vision. The word majesty means the magnificence of Christ. 
this man who started out as a carpenter's son has shaken the world and did so in so little time. There's only one, there's only one thought concerning that. He was the son of God. Like the soldier who watched him die said so. He was. Look at verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Again, Peter's remembering when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration and he, Peter, James, and John, heard the voice from heaven about what he had said or what God had said to him and saw him transfigured before him. He says, we're eyewitnesses. This was not a fable. This was not a myth. We were there. Now they made it up. No, they didn't. Listen, people don't make up stuff like this. And when it goes for over 1,500 years, and it brings and it brings to mankind a conviction of sin. That's not what man is going to do. We've got to think about these things. They were good witnesses of it. The transfiguration, the life that he lived, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Now look at verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, please listen to this. Look at that first phrase. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Peter is pointing to the Old Testament, but this really applies to the whole word. The best proof of the gospel is the gospel itself, the scripture itself. Again, I know whom I have believed. It's the best witness to mankind. That's why so many hate it. That's why so many have wanted to burn it. That's why so many are attacking those that hold to it, as I'll tell you about after we're on back we're off the air. But listen, God is in large, he's large and in charge. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed to. The scriptures, they need to be believed and heeded and obeyed. Again, we don't just read and go, oh, that was interesting. If we have that attitude, we've got the equivalent of eight inches of tape in a vital place. No wonder God's people sometimes crash and burn. We're hearing specifics out of the word of God. We need to be heeding those specifics. It breaks my heart that there are people that have walked out of here in time past. The word was preached, not necessarily by me, but what happens? Walk out, it's over. 
I'm not listening. I'm taking it as the word of man. I'm sorry, that's not what my Bible is. That's not what your Bible is. And in the year 2024, we need to stop and ask ourselves, where is our faith? Where is it coming from? Well, I just feel good. No, you don't. That's not what you do. Because there's got, you'll wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to feel crummy. I know I've heard people say before, you know, I don't feel saved until my second cup of coffee. How many of you have ever been there? Listen, we don't live by feeling. We live by faith. We don't live by the wiles of the world. You live by the wiles of the world, you're going to live by the wiles of the wicked one. No, it's thus saith the Lord. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. See, the scriptures give light. I encourage you in this. I'll guarantee you there are some people in this building right now that are looking back at 2023 and going, you know, I wish I'd have read my Bible a whole lot more. We're just starting now. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Until when? Until the day star arise in your hearts. The day star is Jesus Christ. He is the revelation. You read the word. Again, Peter is saying this. Catch this. Peter is saying, look, I was on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw him transfigured. We heard the voice. But let me tell you something. There's something better than you can have. Right here. It was wonderful to stand on Mount Carmel and be there where Elijah was and challenged the people with their wickedness. I tell you what, it's better to get into God's word and hear, thus saith the Lord. And you know what? I might not be on the Mount right now, but I'm here in the Sacramento area and this is where I live. And you know, this is where I'm commanded to be a witness. By the way, we all are. Can I get an amen? Bless you. Look at verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy is of any private interpretation. By the way, be careful with podcasts. Be careful on the internet. You know, somebody comes along and it it hurts so much when I hear about people that they're listening to a guy, they're, 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 they're not, this person is not interpreting scripture with scripture. How in the world do you think the Mormons have thrived so much? the Jehovah's Witnesses, but then also people that are just skewing and, and, and destroying the faith of some people because what they take out. I've used this so many times, but I'm going to do it because when I was in the Air Force, I was going to church, good man, Jim Singleton down in Arizona. And he said, look, I can prove to you if I, if I take 
if I pick scripture out, I can prove to you, you ought to commit suicide. Judas went out and hanged himself. Go thou and do likewise. Oh, and what thou doest, do quickly. Now, please, nobody take that serious. All right, amen? I can see it, see, it's over on the line. Did you hear what that preacher said? But look, the context of scripture must be interpreted by the overall text of scripture. Scripture with scripture, not scripture with a person who has not surrendered to the God of the scripture, but has taken it upon themselves to get a gathering. Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Get this, listen to this. This is why you hold this book. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The reason why you hold that book in your lap is because God moved in men's hearts to write. And it has stood the test of time. From the, end, from the beginning to the end, we see what Christ has done, how he was pictured. I just finished the book of Leviticus this morning. Christ is all through the book of Leviticus. He's the, it's, it's the picture of what he ultimately would do on the cross. The book that you have was not put together by whim by a bunch of men. Holy men of God spake, holy men of God wrote, and then holy men of God handled. And the word of God is with us. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's interesting, that, 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 that word means they, they were moved like, a, like the wind moves a ship. God just directed them. Just very quickly, point number two, our Savior is a living Savior. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians 15, we find out in this living book that our Savior is a living Savior. Verse 1, 1 Corinthians 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. In other words, you didn't believe with the heart, you believed with the head. <coughs> For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, Listen, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of, about, of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto the, this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also 
as of one born out of due time, literally an untimely birth when Paul was on the road to Damascus. That is our living Savior. It's amazing how many people are trying to keep him nailed to the cross. Sorry. That cross is empty. I don't care how many churches around the world have Christ on the cross. If you've got a Savior that's still on the cross, you don't have a Savior. There's no victory there. None. Our Savior not only is off the cross, He's out of the tomb. He's reigning above. You can try to keep Him someplace else. Sorry. He's not going to cooperate. Which means this. Our hope is a lively hope. It lives. One of my favorite verses, I read this all the time, every time I go through my purpose verses, Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. And remember, that hope that is spoken of in the Bible is not a thing where we go, <laughs> I kind of hope this is true. No, 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 no. It's a sure thing. That's why we say with David in Psalm 119, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Real quick, and it will be. For 2024, number one, Get back in the Word. Get into it. Yeah, but you know, it's already the seventh and I've kept, doesn't matter. Get into the Word. And all God's people said, Amen. number two, let it do its work. It's there not just to make you feel good, it's there to convict you. It's there to convict me. It's there to set you straight. Remember? Hey, we start walking. It tells us how to walk. It tells us where we're doing wrong. It tells us how to get back on the right path. And then it tells us to stay on the right path. 1 Timothy 3.16. Let's remember that. Get back to the Word. Let it do its work. And then personalize it. Personalize it. Because it's written for you as much as it is as written for anybody else. Do you hear that? We've got to recognize there are verses. How many of you have ever... I, I, I remember um, when I was 18. And I, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't have to explain it. I'm reading the book of Joshua, and I come across Joshua 1.9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And my God said, that's your verse. And ever since then, it's been my verse. How many of you have a verse like that? God gave you something for your life. Raise your hand. Okay, some not, that's okay. 
But the whole book is for us. So personalize it. When you read it, recognize that the God of heaven put it in print for you as much as for anybody else. And that there are other people in this world that need to hear it. Let's pray.